Number two, we'd like to read from the little-known part of the Christmas story, the latter part of Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35, 11 verses. Allow me to read, read the six odd-numbered verses. Would you please read with me in unison, beginning in verse number 26, along with the four succeeding even-numbered verses through verse 34. Once again, that is Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35, and reading responsively. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death, because he has seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of all the people Israel. And Joseph and his mother were marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And may God have his blessing in the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit of God, speak to our hearts once again afresh and anew from the, this word of Scripture before us, dear God. Thank you for the hope that we have, the consolation of Israel. Lord, help us have hope in a hopeless world, we pray, and we thank you for this, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Take your Bibles and turn again to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. It's the first of four messages in regards to hope in a hopeless world. We're looking at the four words of Christmas here that we'll be propounding upon and speaking upon in the next few weeks here, of course. We'll have a special message on December 23rd on Christmas Eve Eve, of course. And, but I want you to draw your attention to our text verses, verse 25, Luke chapter 2. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, the same man was just and devout, waiting, notice, waiting, waiting, I might add, for a long time for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. For six centuries, Simeon and the children of Israel have been in bondage, 600 years from the point of this writing. In 606 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar came in, the Babylonians came in, and they ruled the roost, and of course Jerusalem was destroyed. That was six centuries earlier. Then we get to the Medo-Persians and the, 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 the Darius and Cyrus and the second great empire that ruled over the Middle East, of course, and over Israel, of course, and the, the Jews. And then we get to the the Grecian Macedonian 
powers and Alexander the Great and the four sub-generals and we get to the Syrians and then we finally get to the 100 years or so earlier, the Romans start to come into power and 50 so years before this event here, they take full power. This is all that Israel has known. This is all this old aged prophet knew. These are dark days in Israel. I might add, and uh, it's been dark days in America this last year here, the darkest days of our, at least my earthly life, of course. But suddenly, silently, on a still cold night, earlier part of the chapter, a child is born, and an angel appeared unto the shepherds. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and having, and praising God in, I can't quote it all of a sudden, I'm quoting verse number 13. Verse number 14, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And the Christ child is born. The angels celebrate it, but nobody else celebrates it much. Eight days goes by, and Jesus is taken to the temple to be circumcised. And then 41 days passes. We know this according to the rabbinical law. And the Bible says that they came to the in Luke chapter 2 of our text, in verse number 29 it is, I believe it is, 27 rather. They came as the custom of the law is permitted or required. They came to this Jerusalem's temple for the ceremonial purification of Jewish baby boys. There is an old man there, an old sage. His name is Simeon. Whether he's 70 years of age or 80 years of age or 90 years of age or... Maybe a hundred, we don't know. We just know that he was an old man, according to the text. And he'd seen thousands of baby boys, Jewish boys, come to the temple. But this one was different than all the rest. He, when he saw him, he recognized immediately by the Holy Spirit of God that he was the Lord's Christ. Immediately. And the, as the phrase says in verse 25 of our text verse, that he was a devout man waiting for the consolation Of Israel, the comfort of is the comforter of Israel or the Messiah of Israel. Paul the Apostle would say later on in Acts chapter twenty eight, verse twenty, for this cause therefore I have called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound in this chain. This Simeon spent his whole life waiting. For one thing in this world of bondage that he lived in all his 80 years or 90 years, he was waiting for one thing to come. His hope of all hope was the consolation of Israel. I ask you the question in 2020, where's your hope? Is your hope in elections? Is your hope in judges, Supreme Court? Is your hope in Congress? Maybe in your, the economy? Maybe your hope is in the media. I don't think so. Maybe you say, no, it's more closer to home. My hope, my hope is in my continued health. For some, it's maybe in a soon-coming vaccine, mandatory vaccine, maybe. Maybe your hope is in a just country, a more just country, a more free country, a more fairer country, in a brighter, tolerant, less racist future. Where's your hope in this morning? Maybe it's very personal. Maybe, it's, maybe your hope is in your job. Maybe in your 401K. Maybe in your future retirement. 
I don't know about you, and I don't want to get negative on this. But we live in a hopeless world today, I'm afraid. And there's not much to look forward to. I can't wait. We only have three more weeks of, three more Sundays of 2020. Can't you wait for this year to be over? But that brings us to 2021. I don't know how much hope we have in this world. I would submit to you that your hope should be in the babe that brought Simeon, that Simeon blessed when he, when, he, when he found him. My hope is in the Lord, the song said, who gave himself for me and paid the price of all my sin at Calvary. For me he died, for me he lives, and everlasting life and light he freely gives. No merit of my own, to, his anger to suppress. My only hope is found in Jesus' righteousness. I submit to you that the babe in the manger was not just a hope for Simeon, not just even the hope for Simeon, but I would submit to you that the babe that, that Mary and Joseph brought to that temple that day, when he saw him, he immediately recognized him as the Lord's Christ, and it was, uh, this babe was all the hope that Simeon needed. He was ready to die when he saw this baby, because he's, he's waiting for the consolation of Israel to come. Uh, I want to deal with the subject of hope in a hopeless world this morning. I want you to notice two questions. We want to address two questions, rather. First of all, why we hope? Why do we have hope, unlike this world? The Bible says that he waited his whole life for this, the consolation of Israel, and that the Holy Ghost was upon him. I want you to notice that several things about Simeon. He was assured that he would not see death until he saw this Messiah, this Christ child. He was, was assured of that fact. It says in verse number 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon, before the first advent, of course, of Christ, and Christ came and he was waiting his whole life to see Christ. We'll sing a song here in a little bit, When We See Christ. Look forward to seeing the Christ someday. But we've never seen Christ with our eyes. The Bible says in John chapter, 10, John chapter 11, verse number 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? We don't believe as Christians that we die. We just believe we exchange residences. We go to another place. We... We have a hope that's Holy Spirit-inspired. Four times in this passage of Scripture, verses 25 to 27, we read about this Simeon that we, was revealed, the Holy Spirit of God revealed to him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. I want you to notice that for Simeon, Simeon was assured that he would not see death, but not only that, Simeon was all right with death after he had seen the Christ. The Bible says for us, for to me to live is Christ, Paul said, and to die is what? Do you know it? Gain. He said, I have a desire, and I'm going to straight betwixt two in Philippians 1. I have a desire to depart and uh, straight betwixt two. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. So we, we like Simeon, we are all right with death because we have a hope. Our hope is in this Christ child. And our hope is, lies in letter A in our worksheet because of our ultimate destiny. We know where we're going when we die. Verse 28, the Bible says this. Then took he him, 
took he, that's, that Simeon took him, that's the Christ child, up in his arms and blessed God and said, I think of our ultimate destiny, destiny at any moment. By the way, he took him in the, I can't help but think that he maybe kissed him on the forehead. He took him in his arms. I think of that song, Mary, did you know your baby boy would someday rule the nations? Mary, did you know? And uh, when you kiss your, your baby boy, you kiss the face of God. He saw the Christ child. He, he saw underneath this ultimate destiny, or realizing the, his ultimate destiny. He knew it's an old man that, he, that he, this ultimate destiny could come at any moment. He knew, in other words, that he was going to see Christ someday he had been assured that he would see, not see death, verse 26 again, until he'd seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon probably went to the temple every day. Just This just was another day that he went to the temple. Seventy years had gone by, 60 years, 80 years, however old he was. I've been coming to church for a long time. I started coming to church when I was a teenage boy. And I heard about the second coming of Christ. And I've been hearing about that message for over 45, nearly working on 50 years now. He still hasn't come. But I know one of these days I'm going to come to church and it's going to be my last service in the house of God. I'll never, I come to church because I come to the temple. Simeon came to the temple. He came there because he wanted to know about God. He wanted to know about, the, he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. Maybe this will be the last Sunday morning service of Harvest Baptist Church. Maybe this will be the last Sunday morning service of every gospel preaching church around the world. Maybe the rapture will come today. Maybe the Lord will come back. But he, he came with the expectation that, that his ultimate destiny could come at any moment. Not only that, but he came in with the expectation that his ultimate destiny is, is coming soon. The older that Simeon was getting older, the older we get, the closer we are to seeing him. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, and knowing this, that it's high time to wake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Simeon was getting older. I imagine with getting older, there came aches and pains. There became physical maladies in his life. Uh, anybody that gets older, you know what I'm talking about. You start to experience, uh, uh, we have several people going sick this morning here. Several people just went into nursing home, as a matter of fact, and pray for Joan Bunch. She's in the nursing home at Valerie Manor. She's been there for a couple, three weeks. And before that at Valerie, or rather at uh, Charlotte Hungerford, of course. And she's, she's 90 and uh, the relatives have to see her through the glass. They can't go and visit her, of course, but they can just talk to her through a window, of course. Simeon was getting old. He had some aches and pains, but he knew his ultimate destiny was coming soon. He knew that one day he's coming to a place that uh, there'd be no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more death. Simeon saw not only that, but saw, he saw the Christ with his physical eyes, but we see him with our spiritual eyes. When, Je when Thomas missed the Sunday night service, that first Sunday night of Lord Jesus raising from the grave, he said, I will not believe unless I see and touch his nails, scarred hands, or thrust my hands into his side. And Jesus came the next Sunday night, you know the story. And he said, he invited Thomas to reach hither, thither his fingers and touch, touch him, and spirit hath not flesh and bones, as Jesus had, of course. And the Lord said, and Thomas, of course, I believe he fell to the, his knees and said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. 
And so we see with spiritual eyes, Simeon saw with physical eyes. We walk by faith. There is land that's fairer than day. We've never seen it. And by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Why do we hope? Because we have, we know we have hope in our ultimate destiny. We're going to go to heaven forever and ever and ever. No matter how bad earth gets, we're going to heaven forever. Look forward to that. But why do we hope? Not only because we, of our ultimate destiny, verses 28 and 29, but then I want you to notice verses 30 to 32. We have hope because of our, not only our ultimate destiny, but because of our hope. Let me read the verses. 30, verse 30. Simeon said, my, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Present tense. We have hope not only because of our ultimate destiny, but we have hope because of our, our, our hope here and now. Here and now. Christ is our salvation now. Colossians 1.27 says that he is our hope, Christ who is our hope of glory. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 2, the Bible says, Beloved, and does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. But the verse starts off by saying, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. We don't have to wait for salvation. Salvation is when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we're born again. We have salvation. We have Christ now in our hearts. And then verse 31, notice what it says. as the prophet Simeon prophesied. He said, which also hath prepared before, which thou hast also prepared before the face of all people. I want you to notice that he says that Christ was prepared. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He came for a purpose. And life goes better with Christ. It used to be the jingle on the commercial, of course, things go better with Coca-Cola. Huh. Things go better with Coke. No, things go better with Christ. I ask the question, even here and now, as tough as things have been, a lot of people have their hope in the now. They hope for an end to this pandemic or this scamdemic, whatever, whatever side of the coin you want to see. I believe they're both real. I believe the pandemic's real, and I believe the scandemic's real, too. And uh, some people are having hope that the lockdowns will end. Some people have a hope that there'll be an end of fear. We have these hopes. The world, that's all they have. Restaurants are not going to come back. Businesses are not going to come back. Sports are not going to come back. We're in a whole brand new world, a different world. The fundamental change is taking place, I'm afraid. But people are, still have hope in this world. But I want you to notice that our hope is not from this world. Our hope is in the world to come. Our hope is in the Savior, Savior that we have now. Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thought, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God wants to save us now in this here and now. Casting, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Christ is our hope and our salvation even right now. You know, we always complain, and I, nobody's complaining anymore, at least publicly this year, than, from, than I have from this pulpit. We've talked to over and over and over again how tough this past year has been. And it has been tough in many ways, but as tough as it's been, it hasn't been as tough as it could be. It's been, plenty, plenty of places have been a lot tougher than what we have it. 
we don't live in Iran today or Iraq or Somalia or, or Oman or North Korea and on and on. We could go and list about another 150 other countries. For that matter, we could live in a worse state. Hey, we could be really bad news. We could live in California, huh? At least we're in Connecticut. We, we have, but we, our hope is not in this present, the, the present help that this world might have to offer. Our hope is in Christ. He is the one that's prepared to bring us through every hard time that we have in our life. And so Christ is our salvation now, verse 30. He's, life goes better with Christ, verse 31. But verse 32, notice this. He's in a light to lighten the Gentiles in the glory of thy people, Israel. It's interesting. He's talking, of course, Jesus came to his Jews first, and he's enlightened some Jews, but in others, they, they have... They're still in darkness. And I am one of those people that he's enlightened. And if you're saved, you've had the light of Christ in you. We had that light that he came to us. My guess is I'm speaking to all Gentiles and no Jewish people today. And he came to light us and show us the way now. So we see why do we have hope? Well, we have hope because of our ultimate destiny. But we have hope not only because of our ultimate destiny, but because of our hope here and now. We have a hope now. We don't have to wait for it until we get to heaven. But then I want you to address the second question this morning in this beginning of this Christmas season, this month of December. How do we hope? How do we hope? Well, there's three cautions. Like the, the prescription bottle on the prescription medicine, they always have a disclaimer. There's a lot of those commercials, by the way, uh, pardon me, Humira, or one of those... Uh, those uh, drugs that they have on TV. Don't you love that they'll take care of this, whatever the problem that you might have? And then they have a disclaimer at the end. By, by the way, this could cause headaches. This is called nausea, insomnia. Oh, by the way, this could even cause death. <laughs> it's like, who takes these things, you know? But there's cautions. Uh, my hope is in Christ. My hope is in my ultimate destiny. My hope is in the here and now that I, with Christ, things go better with Christ in life than without Christ. But I want to give you three cautions this morning. Verse number 29b one more time. Let me read the whole verse one more time here. Lord, as Simeon begins to prophesy, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Caution number one, hope needs to be applied properly. Our hope is in Christ. There is the salvation in no other, for there is none other name under, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Only those in Christ, only those that are saved, let Hollywood make all the jokes they want to make about being born again, about being saved, being a Bible believer and a Christian. But except the man be born again, Jesus said he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You've got to be saved, you've got to be born again, you've got to be blood-bought, blood-washed, and it's only those in Christ that have hope. But not only... Or do we have hope in the living or the living word in Jesus Christ? But we have hope in the written word. His word gives us hope. Where would we be without the word of God? Psalm 119, it's only appropriate that the longest chapter in the Bible is all about the Bible. Psalm 119, 176 verses, of course. It speaks so much about hope that we find in God's word. Psalm 40, 119, verse 49. Remember the word of the, unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. 
Psalm 119, verse 74. They that fear thee will be glad when they shall see me, because I have hoped in thy word. Psalm 119, verse 81. My soul fainteth for, my, for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Psalm 119, verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. And of course, Psalm 119, verse 105, we most, most of us know it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so we have this hope that's fulfilled. And it needs to be, this hope that needs to be applied and is applied properly by the, the word of God. And the uh, Bible says, you know, it always it makes me sad when I see Christians that are, they're, they're hoping for things that are unbiblical. I don't know how many people say, have said to me, I don't have fingers and toes, a number of times people have said to me, Pastor, if I win the lottery, I'm going to give money to the church. Don't play the lottery! Wealth gotten by unjust gain is, is an abomination to the Lord. I was waiting for one amen out of that, but anyhow. We violate God's word and we expect God to bless us. Our hope is not mis- misplaced, it must be in the word of God. But the hope not only... Was Simeon said that his hope was found in the word of God, according to his word. But secondly, a second caution, his hope is often, verse 25, we'll look at that one more time. Simeon, the same was a just and devout man, waiting for the consolation of Israel, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Here's a second truth or second caution about hope. Hope is often not to be fulfilled instantly. There's a lot of waiting. First Thessalonians 1.10, Paul told the Thessalonians there at the church, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. That was nearly 1950-some years ago that those words were spoken. I've been waiting for the Lord Jesus to come for a long time. It's a balancing act with pastors the whole message this morning is to give you hope. But there's a caution. There may be some hope is not always, the ultimate hope is not always fulfilled instantly. We may be, so the balancing act is we may be in for some rough days, some tough days. I want to be wrong. Boy, I want to be wrong. But what if 2021 is worse than 2020? What if 2022, if we get there, it's worse than 2021? What if the best days that we have on planet Earth are behind us? You need to be ready for it. Maybe some hard times coming down the pike. I think it's evidenced by churches all over America that are shrinking in size. You know, a preacher told me the other day, and we were talking the other week, I guess it was, and after 9-11, remember after 9-11, what happened in the houses of God, at least for about a month? Folks flocked back into the house of God. We had prayer meetings all over our country. We turned to God. This time around, not so much. We haven't turned to God. In the house of God, instead of being filled, they're emptying out. And our, we could be in for some tough days. The Lord says, when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus told his disciples, it was a prophetic of the immediate, I'm talking about the night of the Passover, the night of the, the betrayal, it was immediately fulfilled in just hours, and then it would be later on fulfilled in more detail, when he said, in this world you shall have tribulation. 
In a few hours from there, from there, they would all forsake him and flee. But Jesus didn't end that verse of John chapter 16, verse 33, I believe it is. In this world you shall have tribulation. He didn't end with the period. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And so there's a caution. And I said it many times, in the end we do win. But the hope, the, the, the hope of seeing our Lord and going to heaven, it could be a ways off still. There's still could be some difficult times. And that leads me to number three, letter C on our worksheet. Look at verse 34. And Simeon blessed them. That's Joseph and Mary, of course. Verse 33, they marveled at what he said. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary, his mother, notice he said unto Mary, not to Joseph. He specifically said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rise again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. I want you to notice thirdly, a third caution, that hope is often not fulfilled painlessly. Hope is often not fulfilled painlessly. The Bible says that this child is set for the fall and rise of many in Israel. Do you realize that some of the most powerful people on the planet, some of the most powerful people in Congress are Jews? You know, George Soros is a Jew, by the way. Some of the, I won't leave, leave some our congressmen unnamed, but there's a certain congressman, if you happen to know what I'm talking about, good for you. He scored 1,600 out of 1,600 on his SAT test as a high schooler. He's brilliant. He's a genius. And he's a moron at the same time. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just being honest. He's, he's has all kinds of education. He's an intellectual genius, but he's a spiritual dimwit. And there's many people like that in the house of Israel. Jesus came to be their Savior. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, then gave you the power to become the sons of God. He didn't come to the mighty, he didn't come to the proud, he came to the humble of spirit. This hope is often not fulfilled painlessly. There's going to be a lot of pain with a lot of people, and Jesus is a stumbling stone to some, stumbling stone to some, and a rock of salvation to others. But verse number 35. Notice the prophecy. Yea, now he's talking to Mary specifically. A sword shall pierce through mine own soul. As I began to study for this message, I read that and I said, oh, that's got to be a reference to John 19. And of course, obviously, there's a note in my Bible and probably in your Bible as well referring you to go back to John chapter 19 and verse number 25 where when Jesus was on the cross, he turned to John, and his mother was there, and he said, Mother, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. And there, Mary, 33 years after this fact here, this joyous fact of her, the celebration of her baby and the purification and identification that her son was, gonna, was a Christ child, she had lived for 33 years. Joseph, by the way, we don't know this, but we... We, it's inferred that after we see him when Jesus was 12, we never see him after that. Jesus, maybe evidently Joseph died and Jesus became the, the head brother of his four half-brothers and the eldest son. He took, was the caretaker of the family. 
Joseph's gone, but Mary's still alive. And she said, Simeon said to Mary, there's going to be some hard days still ahead for you, some days of pain. Acts 14 and 22, Peter said, and the disciples, the Bible says, they confirmed the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. I want you to turn to one passage of scripture and we're done here and make an application. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, if you would, please. And I, I know we put almost everything on the screen on purpose. I didn't put this on the screen. I want you to turn there and see it yourself. This is the first of four messages on a hopeless world and as we enter into Christmas season. The first word of Christmas is the word hope. There's hope in our ultimate destiny. There's hope in the here and now. There's hope in Christ. There's hope in his word. But I want you to notice there's not a whole lot of hope in this world. In fact, the Bible tells us there's no hope in this world. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise. I made reference a couple weeks ago, I'll make it one more time here, and i got to get off this illustration because I've used it three times already in just a couple weeks here. But I had a funeral three weeks ago, a double funeral. I already referenced it. It was really sad in my mind in one way because the couple that I buried, one was a believer and one was not a believer. And I was coached by the Christian side of the family, the Christian side of the family belonging to it was a second marriage, to be honest with you. And the Christian side of the family said, we want you to preach the gospel and we want you to tell others about heaven. But we also want you to mention the other side, the other person, they were not a Christian. But somehow they asked me to kind of sugarcoat things. But they said their relatives wouldn't probably be there because... They didn't want to have anything to do with the Christian funeral. And sure enough, we went to Hillside Cemetery and there was only one side of the family was there. It was a small gathering. The other side of the family, none of them showed up because they didn't want to have anything to do with Christianity or Christ. As far as they were concerned, their loved one was being buried six feet under and that was it. They were done with life. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse number 12, the latter part of the verse, having no hope and without God, in the world. I don't know, I can't imagine. I, you know, I've had some pretty tough days this year, and I think you have too, if you're honest. I think it's been a depressing time for many people. I have to be elusive here on purpose, but I, I don't know anybody that's died of COVID. I know people have died of COVID. I get it. I know two people have died of suicide. I know that. I know... People are going through depression. I know it's been a very difficult year. And I said, I don't know where I would be if my hope was found in this world. I tried to watch a little football yesterday because I used to like sports. I still like sports a little bit. No, no longer major league sports or pros, as they call it. I'm reduced to college and then even some and only spotted but my hope used to be in America, used to be in sports, used to be in good times and so forth that this world had to offer. But all those things seem to be going away one by one by one by one. 
we're in lockdowns, we're in tough times. Maybe we're looking for hope in the wrong place. Maybe we need to look at hope for hope from heaven's perspective. We look to see hope in the Christ child, know that our eternal destiny is safe and secure in Christ, and that in Jesus Christ alone my hope is found, and we put our faith and trust in Christ and Christ Jesus alone. Thank God for the hope that every Christian has, the hope of Jesus Christ. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you that our hope is not found in this world. Lord, there's many people in this world that have no hope whatsoever because they have no Christ. They're not born again. They're not saved. But Lord, one day we don't, with a hope so, think that we're going to see you. We know we're going to see you one day when we see Christ. Lord, what a day that will be when our Jesus we shall see. Lord, help us to walk with thee, we pray, dear God. I pray you bless in our moments of reflection and invitation. Lord, help us to hang on. Lord, it may be some caution. Maybe our hope, our hope always needs to be founded in the word of God. Our, our hope needs to realize we're not going to attain it instantly. There may be some pain along the way. But in the end, Lord, this too shall pass and we, we win. And Lord, we'll be with you forever and ever and ever. Look forward to that. Lord, I pray you bless in our moments of reflection and invitation. We pray in Christ's name we ask. Amen. As we stand together, page two it is in our hymn book. We'll sing the first line.